Welcome to this week's episode of URB's weekly football podcast, They Think It's All Corona. This week we talked about the Premier League and their project restart. Obviously there was a vote on Monday to return to training in small groups of up to five players across all the Premier League clubs. However, this only came after testing of all the players and there have been six positive cases of coronavirus amongst players and staff in the Premier League. What will that mean for the league? And when do we think we can get football back on our screens at least? All of that, plus a review of the Bundesliga this weekend, which obviously came back for the first time after six or seven weeks out. And of course, our usual games to round off the podcast, including the weekly Dorsey Challenge. This is They Think It's All Over. They think it's all over. Welcome to today's episode of They Think It's All Over. We've got the usual boys here, the Five Lot Boys. David Morgan's here. All right, how's it doing? Uh, Scott Hyron. Back of the bed sheet, you're right. <laughs> yeah, underneath the sheets here, once again. Bit of a warm one today. And Matthew Dawes. You're right, mate. Happy birthday, by the way. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Appreciate that. You boys seem to have forgotten about that, but... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I just remembered off air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they did wish me happy birthday earlier on. I will uh, let them off on this occasion. Uh, so what we've been chatting about a lot here is uh, Premier League's Project Restart. It's been doing the rounds over the last few weeks and has been given... Uh, approval from the government to carry on and yesterday uh, Monday the 18th of May uh, a meeting of well a virtual meeting I guess probably on Zoom or something uh, of all the Premier League teams um, they passed a vote to start back in training with groups of five something which we saw in the Bundesliga about four or five weeks ago now and they've come back into full matches uh, these last two weeks um, but now the, the Premier League is looks set to get going. Of course, the complication with all this is that the players have been tested for coronavirus uh, over uh, Sunday and Monday, and six players have actually tested positive. What does that mean for, for the plans? Um, well, so it's across three teams, so I'm presuming it's, it's most likely two players from each team. So hopefully it's a case of it's just an isolated incident. You know, they haven't started training yet, so those players can just be out for two weeks and then it'll all be fine. But potentially it could be leading to a sort of bigger club-by-club outbreak, which would then potentially knock the whole um, project off, off the train tracks, really. I think what's interesting is they've not gone for the bubble approach, which we talked about a lot on this show a few weeks ago, um, which in this case, I guess, if they had gone for the bubble, there could be an outbreak within the clubs, but they are going for the sort of the the groups of five small training so the idea would be that you just meet up with those five players for the next couple of weeks and then if one person within that group was to develop symptoms and test positive then that whole group would have to self-isolate but I guess it does pose a problem if you know you've got a group of five first team players all have to isolate a week before a game I mean, managers will be sort of maybe doing it more tactically and having like, say at United, you wouldn't have Pogba, Bruno Fernandes, David Hare all <laughs> yeah. training together. It'll be <laughs> Pogba and then four of the reserve teams, like you know, you know. But um, it's an interesting one. Um, the number of six is actually less than the current Bundesliga one, which I just read earlier, which is quite interesting. And obviously, the Bundesliga is still going, but I don't know. Obviously, Scott, I can almost already tell what you're going to say. You probably say bag it off, but. 
Well, that I mean, it's, it's wouldn't be sensible to carry on without most a lot of the players. Um, it's obviously difficult that some clubs might be affected by this more than others at the minute. Um, I was just actually thinking, for whatever reason, about the Eddie Hearn react. Like, oh, how convenient! With um, as I know, it's probably out of context right now, but some some of the um, the lower league clubs are probably doing like getting some of these players to get it. Maybe well, so some of the rumours anyway. <laughs> but it would suit say play, uh, teams like Brighton that want to avoid a relegation scrap. It's not like Liverpool fun. Well, really. oh, I mean, oh, that's oh. very ethically correct. Oh no, yeah, it's not ethically I, I, correct. I you take your tin foil hat off. <laughs> oh, oh no, it's not what I. Th- it's not what I think. Um, it was. It was just what came to my mind. There's a lot of rumours that one of them is actually Kyle Walker after his antics a few weeks ago. No, it wouldn't so. surprise me. I mean, he's, I mean, he's kind of brought it himself. Yeah. If, he, if it There's is a lot of rumours, really. strong rumours. Yeah. So. One of the interesting things as well is that a few players have actually said they're refusing to return to training. Uh, it doesn't sound like there's going to be any penalties if they do decide that. It will be up to the players. Mm. Um, but one of those big names which has come out and, and said so is, is Troy Deeney. Actually mm. came out on... I think it was on Eddie Hearn's YouTube show. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. As, as we mentioned him there. Yeah, <laughs> very convenient, aren't it? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, he's got an, a newborn son who's five months old and has got quite a lot of breathing difficulties. So obviously, I mean, I can't blame him for not wanting to get involved and, you know, having the risk of bringing the coronavirus back to his house and obviously risking his son's life. So I think his quote was, I've got all the money, they can do what they want with it. You know, if I don't get paid, whatever, that's fine, but... It's not worth risking the life of my 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 son, like, which is very fair. Yeah. I think a lot of players will be thinking the same without you know, but saying it publicly, maybe they're just sort of thinking about it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see over the next few days whether we get more and more players sort of being like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm afraid. When well, Sergio Aguero was worried from uh, from that standpoint, I think he said in a statement a few weeks ago he was, I mean, not that he wouldn't play, but. I think, as a representative of the players, some players uh, they are concerned mm-hmm. for the health, not just of themselves, because I'm, I'm sure most of them will be healthy, even if they did get hit by this. But mm-hmm. their families and uh, I suppose anyone that they're currently isolating with. I think what's interesting as well from the tests that we've seen over the last few days is I think it's been reported centrally. So the Premier League will say you're you've tested positive, and they're going to publicise that because mm. there was. Um, I think Graham Sooner said the other day that yeah. if he found out personally that he had a test and he was positive for coronavirus as a player, he'd probably keep it quiet just just to get back playing. And what do you think of that? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, it sums up Graham Sooner as a man. I mean, it's been years for me the racist assault on Paul Pogba the last few years, and I mean, <laughs> this just sums him up as a human being. Doesn't give a monkeys about anyone else but himself. It's disgraceful comments, obviously risking the lives of so many people just to play a football match. I think it's horrendous and sums up the man as I say th- thankfully I think that won't happen because they are reporting yeah. the cases that's good to hear but, yeah. um, I don't I mean I can't think of I mean how how can that even cross your mind I, mm. I, I just think that's mind boggling and I hope that no other current players are actually thinking that way yeah definitely because you know if, if for example this had happened and then he passes it to realistically pass it to the whole team both teams mm. then they'd pass it to their families and then potentially you know someone there could be a vulnerable person who then gets it and dies. Yeah. Surely Sunes would then be almost even liable for manslaughter. Yeah, potentially. Well, another uh, interesting point. There's lot, lots to talk about this week, boys. Mm. I hope you're ready. This. <laughs> lots of news stories coming out. Um, we we mentioned Kyle Walker there, potentially mm. one of the um, 
the people who tested positives after his flouting of the rules. Another player who's been flouting the rules quite in a quite serious way is Callum Hudson-Odoi of, of Chelsea. Mm. What was the story there, Dawes? I mean, oh, this is very serious allegations against him. Um, actually, a, a, a woman has claimed that he actually raped her you know, during lockdown, he went around, around her house, obviously breaking lockdown rules. And then, yeah, she has accused him of rape. Obviously, who knows what the story is there, you know, we're looking at, outside looking in. But I think Hudson-Odoi himself is just, he just seems to me like just another spoiled teenage footballer, similar to like Ravel Morrison, who's got so much talent and yet he's just thrown it away for whatever reason. He thinks he's the big man, got a new deal with Chelsea on 150 grand a week, whatever it is. And I mean, if if this is obviously true, then that's absolutely horrendous. And apparently, she went to hospital as well. Yeah, it's very very, very serious very, allegations. Very serious. Um, which obviously, if proven true, he'd be in prison for hopefully the rest of his life. So he can say goodbye to that 150k a week that he so wants. I mean, <laughs> it's awful for me um, to hear that news. But I mean, I, I just can't. I, it's crazy how many footballers are sort of breaking lockdown. You know, um, mm. obviously they're supposed to be role models for kids, but that's not exactly role model behaviour is it? I mean it's always going to be reported as well I mean you think about how many people over lockdown have been breaking mm. uh, breaking rules including Jeremy Corbyn's brother I think but um, <laughs> 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 is. But so, it's, what I'm saying is high profile cases you can tell you voted Brexit oh, yeah. no, no. <laughs> high profile cases are um, always going to be reported whereas the everyday person many of them that have been Mm. aren't really that reported yeah. so yeah. I mean it's it might be an indicator of how many people are breaking the rules but mm. you're right it's shocking to hear about mm. how uh, how many cases there are of course looking across to Scotland they've uh, recently had a, a vote amongst their top clubs and decided to um, void well not void the league but end, end the league as it is and uh, Celtic therefore have been crowned champions um, of course the flip side of that is that Hearts, who are four points adrift at the bottom, have been relegated uh, from the uh, SPL. What are your thoughts on that, boys? Do you think that would be something that we could see in the Premier League if they can't get this together, this project restart? No I think chance. it's very harsh, a decision, because as I think we were discussing before, Hearts are you know, only four points off, off safety. And I think part of it is that in Scottish football it might not make as much difference financially being in the first or second tier so they can sort of survive and they'll just they might bounce straight back out of it but yeah I think it I think it's very harsh to relegate teams based on this mm. I mean I suppose for, for Hearts for example I think I think yeah you're probably right in terms of um, TV revenue they probably don't rely on that so much but in terms of I mean God knows when fans are going to be allowed in stadiums again mm. but when they would be playing say in stadiums and stuff for example income that they would be getting from uh, like match day income because pe- people just aren't as interested unfortunately when uh, teams are relegated mm. it might not even matter because God knows when we'll, we'll be allowed to go to stadiums again um, but yeah I'd, I'd, I don't know if I agree with it really I think it's it's quite harsh but I think I think Steven Gerrard will be upset in one way, but probably wouldn't mind if uh, it happened in the Premier League, uh, <laughs> so to say. I think it's in contrast to actually what's happened in League Two, because they're another league that's come out in the last few days with a, a vote amongst their clubs to end the league as it is. Uh, they've put forward a proposal to the EFL and the FA. That they want to end the league, uh, promote the top two teams, um, have a playoffs as normal, as and when that could happen, probably in August or September or something. Uh, and have no relegation, obviously, because the National League and below has been voided. So 
they're happy to end the season as long as there's no relegation I think is, is the idea do you think that's a potential way forward for other leagues as well? Yeah definitely I think you know the only sort of flip side would be that potentially at the top we could have a bigger Premier League with you know three teams coming up making it making it 23 teams and then all that means for us is that we have more fixtures more exciting season more chances to recoup uh, lost TV revenue so I don't I don't see any downsides really to it just a slight issue with scheduling yeah what are your thoughts boys no I'd be quite I'd, I'd love to see it yeah I think it's it's fairer because I think like I think I've probably said in this show before um, I think it's easier to not relegate a team than to promote a team into the next thing because at least the team that's not getting relegated isn't losing mm-hmm. them something mm. I mean I, I suppose a team like um, like West Brom for example looking to go up would be not gaining advantage if they didn't go up but I mean they might do by what's being said here uh, who knows but I think certainly the relegation is the most important thing to avoid if possible I can't, I can't see the Premier League allowing teams to get relegated when it's not mathematically possible I mean no even the lawsuit they'd have on their hands I mean the amount of money that you'd lose on an annual basis is crazy for clubs that would go down so I, I simply can't see that happening um, the uproar would be unbelievable um, so yeah I mean you can see why teams like Brighton etc are desperate to just end it now don't, don't have relegation and be happy with that and move on to the next season but we'll have to wait and see of course the reason this is a possibility is that the uh, UEFA have actually placed the sort of end date on when the Premier League has to get back into action. So they have to be finished by the end of July in order for the Champions League and uh, Europa League to continue throughout August. So that means the Premier League will have to start by the 12th of June. So this is why, you know, that's quite a tight turnaround. People are thinking that maybe it'd be a better idea just to end the season as it is. But the Premier League have actually come back at that and said that or maybe they could start later than the 12th of June and play some games through August because there's obviously only two uh, Premier League clubs still involved in that uh, European competition. So they could potentially play on through August uh, and we may even see those teams not knocked out of um, a European competition. What are your thoughts on that, boys, if we could maybe continue working around the Champions League and the Europa League? I think sort of the main team that gets disadvantaged in that case would be United Mm. because City haven't really got much left to play for in the league. They're just looking to hang on to top four, Mm. ideally. Yeah, Mm. and they've got, you know, they've got enough squad depth and players that just (laughs) don't get game time. Um, at Phil Foden yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that they can you know just play them during the week and they'll get results against sides to keep them up and then they can put out still put out a full strength squad for the Champions League matches they've got to play whereas United would still be competing for that Europa League and don't I'd say have the squad depth to be able to put out competitive sides in both. Oh lord, no! <laughs> Especially with the sort of fixture density that we could be looking at. Yeah, I mean, there's even a possibility, I suppose, if other leagues follow on with this that. UEFA could scrap the Champions League and Europa mm. League. I mean, I don't know what your boys' thoughts are, but personally, I think that the domestic leagues have a much bigger importance of getting finished yeah. than the European competitions. Yeah, what I, would be your thoughts if they, if they just ended the competitions right now? I mean, it would screw us over, because I think we're probably the firmer favourites to win the Europa League, obviously with Arsenal getting knocked out in the last round, so... <laughs> you get that one in there. I mean, obviously, I've got to show that. <laughs> Every day I keep forgetting that Arsenal get knocked out is brilliant, but... I wish obviously, I could forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, yeah, it screws us over, but we are still in the top four race, only three points behind Chelsea, so 
if we had full focus on that, That'd be the I would, I'd be happy with yeah. that. You know, um, I think as Rod said, trying to juggle the Europa League and the Premier League would just be crazy in that time time period for us, especially with our squad not as strong as it as it should be. Um, so yeah. So you'd be happy to see the Europa League cancelled just so you can have a better shot at the at the <sighs> Champions League places in the Premier League. Because I mean, there's no chance of them cancelling the Premier League and doing the Europa League instead sort of thing so yeah I think that's probably the only way we could do it yeah. it's a shame because I mean you know it'd be nice for Ole to get his first trophy as a United, United manager obviously give a boost <laughs> sounds like you've really squad. won it or in the final <laughs> oh. don't sleep on Olympiacos <laughs> yeah. they'll get knocked out in the next round mate don't worry I mean obviously there are some still great teams left in the Europa League but I think we'd, you'd be daft to not call us favourites I think. I think, but I think the thing is there's much less to lose for Teams in a knockout competition, you know, mm, no one. Yeah. I know you, there might be favourites, but no one has won it. No, 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 no. Le- no. Less oh, so. yeah, exactly. And it takes one. Look at Arsenal; they got knocked out, and they were firm favourites. Got knocked out. So, yeah. um, even with the likes of City, obviously two one up after the first leg of the Bernabeu, mm. Madrid could come to the Etihad, win two nil, and then that's it. Like, yeah, what your thoughts, yeah. Scott? Was I think obviously City are, are up there with a, a chance of winning it. This yeah, year. for sure. I think, I think I would be gutted, obviously, if it were to be uh, cancelled. But I. I would understand why, and I think the importance of the domestic season um, out, outweighs uh, the European competition just from a practical point of view, because uh, it just affects far many, well, many more teams uh, throughout all uh, all leagues. So, I think that's the importance. But I would obviously be gutted because I think being in such a good stand, uh, such a good point against Real Madrid, uh, and potentially being able to beat them over the second leg. Uh, I think we'd stand be one of the strong favourites for the competition mm. and obviously given the potential ban we'll probably have yeah, as well say, it's even more it, it could, it could, City. Exactly. It could, could be your last chance to win it yeah so and the news came this week that the, the a date for the appeal has mm. been uh, announced at the Court of Arbitra- Arbitration for Sport uh, when was it Doors early June I think 8th of June 8th, 8th of the 10th, 10th. yeah so yeah. So we will actually know very soon mm-hmm. um, what the outcome of City's ban in the, in the Champions League is. Scott, have you got any thoughts? I mean, it's get, I suppose good to get out of the way with. I'm surprised they've um, managed to act that quickly, to be fair. Um, so it'd be good to, for us to know. Um, but I think either whatever the result is, I think we'll be very eager to, to want to win the competition if it is still running. Yeah, yeah. I think as well, you have the issue of if the ban is upheld... When it is, well, it should be. But. It should be, you know, if... It depends how many how many bribes have been given out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of players look like they're almost, you know, on the edge. De Bruyne they, will go 100%. Yeah, he said you know. that he doesn't really think he could do two years without Champions League. Yeah. He said he might be able to do one, but not two, especially as he's the, he's the sort of player that's... I think got his eyes set on a Ballon d'Or at some point. He's too good to not be in the Champions League. I agree. Yeah. I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't begrudge him for leaving if that's uh, what he wanted. I think he's. Well, you, I think you boys know my opinion of Ken De Bruyne. He's certainly one of the best players in the world. Probably the best midfielder. Um, unfortunately, if we don't uh, play the uh, Champions League, he he probably would have to try chase that ambition. And I think fair fair play to the guy. Uh, that could be other team players in our squad as well. Uh, but I mean, he's he's a uh, step above everyone else. I think. Yeah, he'd be the biggest mess. Mm. Uh, Pep could also go. You know, he, there's definitely there's definitely other clubs such as Juventus PSG. Or, or PSG. <laughs> he's going to PSG, Rod. Trust I, me. I, I personally feel it's Juventus, <laughs> but there are there could be arguments for PSG as well. I think it could, I'd be more likely to go back to Barcelona. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could see him go back to Barca potentially. Do you reckon he could leave, Byron? I think that's the first time I've heard that from you. Mm. What's that? You, you, I think you said before you reckon he'd stay 
throughout a Champions League if, fan. I, I mean, I'd want to, but realistically, I, he has said he would stay, but it's obviously easy. It's easier <laughs> to say yeah, that yeah, now. So did Delph. Um, so did Delph. I mean, especially <laughs> ha- having the chance probably not to play, I think, yeah, it would, it would be very disheartening for him. I think he would want to go and try chase that competition again because I think he knows that's what he's been after for quite a while now so away from like 10 years ago almost mm. so uh, I think he'd be very eager to do that again yeah. of course the other big news uh, this week lot, lots of big news this week um, we mentioned it earlier the Bundesliga returned this weekend oh, very exciting class. sensational what a, what, a, what a feeling I think we've <laughs> all back. we've all uh, adopted a team who, who are your teams boys so I've gone with Borussia much and glad back I mean, what a side. Um, currently sitting in third place in the title race, only six points behind, so we'll have a look. What about you, Hiron? I can't actually remember, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it was Cologne. Cologne it was co- oh, it's Cologne based on... Clearly, yeah, based... you said Cologne, but you clearly haven't really followed through. <laughs> I haven't followed through with it as much, but it was, it was based on the fact that I wanted to go there at some point. Remember, uh, you were planning a trip at some point, weren't you? Yeah, like yeah. 15 was, quid uh, Ryanair flights <laughs> or something. I, I, was, I was desperate, mate. I want to go to Germany at some point. Looks like, looks like a nice place. And I just remember Arsenal playing. I remember going on Arsenal fan TV and just seeing Robbie there, I think. Um, <laughs> so I was like... Cologne and they're chasing Europa League as well um, fifth spot's out of their reach but they could certainly get sixth so yeah Rod I think your team is actually a long term following for you yeah so it's a, it's a, uh, it's Freiburg I went there many years ago back when I was at school on German exchange got given a mug with the Freiburg logo <laughs> on which is I think been knocking around our uni kitchen for a number of years now yeah. Yeah. and now it's got a chance you know for me to show my support yeah. Great result for us on the weekend, getting a draw away from home to Leipzig. Mm. It wasn't a good goal, but it was a goal. Yeah, yeah, a very good result. You I know. obviously can't say as much for my team, Schalke. <laughs> I may chose them because I like the kit, um, but uh, they they were away to Dortmund, Dortmund yeah, oh, and they um, got a, destroyed a Holland masterclass sort of tore us apart. Four four nil was it? Four, four nil. nil. Just shows yeah. some t- things don't change after such a long time. Holland just as always, well yeah. class. Yeah. Uh, beautiful goal and well, was a few good goals at uh, that game I think no oh, it was a great game um, obviously there's a few little quirk, quirks of the game that we noticed obviously I think the main one being the subs bench which was Loved it. quite funny really you know, <laughs> yeah. players sat two metres away from each other etc wearing masks um which obviously was interesting, but they I think spread out across the whole. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, because they, obviously they had more subs because they're allowed to make up to five. Yeah, so there's nine see. subs for each team, so they need it was basically the whole stand meet, was full. They need Eighteen meters a team. Exactly, there's a that's lot. Crazy. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Um, I think the main thing was obviously there being no fans, which mm. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter like, oh, it's not the same, you know. There were a few but, grounds where they were playing like fan noises. Yeah, there, weren't there? I saw that a couple of times. I mean. It did. I thought that was a lot better than the, the clubs that didn't. The other yeah, ones yeah, didn't definitely. Really, yeah. But uh, when you have a bit of atmosphere, it kind of feels normal-ish. Yeah, it was a bit odd because as well, you can you can hear everything yeah. from the players. Like you can sort of you know hear the centre backs screaming, you know, to get people to get back in position and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hear the managers shouts into the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite quite an alternative view of it, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was a very 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 interesting weekend. Obviously, Bayern Munich picking up where they left off, eight wins in a row now. But yeah. Looking forward to next week. Next week's round of fixtures. Um, some big games coming up. Obviously, we've got Bayern Dortmund this time next week. So I'm sure we, we could probably watch that during the show, maybe yeah. or something, and get it on the podcast. But yeah, it's good to be back. I think is the is the summary from the weekend. So we're here with this week's unpopular opinion. Obviously, we've had. Uh, 
uh, Scott and Rod both do theirs over the last few weeks. Rod actually convinced us, I think, in the end. I convinced two out of three. Two out of three, so he gets the win there. <laughs> and uh, Hiron wasn't quite so successful. Nearly, though. Nearly. He, he made a good effort. Good, good nearly, stats. Nearly but, convinced um, me. But... I think the memes went over with Hiron's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Doors, your turn this week. Yeah, yeah. What is your unpopular opinion? I've been excited for this one for a week. So, here it is, boys. So, in my opinion, unpopular it may be... Since Sir Alex Ferguson retired from the Premier League, the best manager in England is and has been Sean Dyche. Mm, it's, it's a good that's oh, Your initial it? thoughts, boys? Are we talking like best manager, Are we best talk- like English or best like no. domestic manager? Domestic best manager, manager the, best, the, the best manager in England is about one nationality. Any nationality is okay. Sean Dyche, has been Sean Dyche for me. Um, I think I'll just go through his sort of achievements during that time. So in the first season since he retired, he won promotion to the Championship with Burnley, incredible, 93 points. Did get relegated the following season, but bounced straight back into the Prem, winning the championship, four points above Middlesbrough the following season after that. And then since then, Burnley have been a mainstay in the Premier League. And I think for me, the one the one achievement that really sums him up is them finishing seventh yeah, in 2017-18. Yeah. For me, that's the second best achievement by any manager since Claude Ranieri won the league with Leicester, um, since Figure retired. Incredible. Um, got Europa League football, obviously for the for the club. Unfortunately, didn't didn't get through to the group stage. They lost to Olympiacos. Obviously, Rod knows what that's like. They're so a great side. they are actually a very good side. <laughs> and right now, they currently sat in tenth place, only one point behind Arsenal. Um, I just, hand. I here he is. I just think, for me, the big thing is on the spending. I mean, the net spend in that seven-year period is just seventy-three million pounds, which I mean, unbelievable. If you think about that, in that same period, Brighton's is over two hundred million pounds. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, they've only spent one hundred twenty-six million pounds on transfers in seven years as well, which is ridiculous. Um, and if you've seen a similar club, sort of like Bournemouth and Watford, have spent upwards of two fifty, two eighty million pounds. So I mean, almost half their sort yeah. of uh, turnaround. But I think what my main sort of point for me is, no other manager could do with Burnley what he's done, and I think. If you put Sean Dyche in any club in the Premier League right now, he'd improve them in some way. Maybe apart from like City and Liverpool, but you put him at United, he'd improve them so much. You put him at Arsenal, he'd improve them so much for me. Um, his style, obviously, he gets a lot of criticism from. I mean, especially you, Rod. Obviously, you love the long ball merchants, but I don't. I, don't, I think I don't it's just like I his think style. it's extremely underrated. I it's think effective. It, his it's, style works with his players. It's like, very and his side exactly. And their budget. I mean, I do disagree with the point that he'd improve every team. Yeah, I don't, I, 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 I disagree. I don't think it's, he, I don't it's compatible with certain. Yeah, teams, yeah like right. I, I see. I disagree. I disagree because what he prides himself on is hard work in his players. Most. I mean, if he comes to United, he's going to get that ship into gear really sort of gain at least 20% performance every week I mean the stuff he does is incredible um, and for me it likens to what Simeone does at Atletico Madrid obviously not at that level because mm-hmm. Simeone's got the play, the better players and the more backing but the way they play that every single player gives everything for 90 minutes is very very rare to see in football these days um, you look at the players he's had he's not exactly had world beaters you know he's made Ben Mee and Tokowski look like sensational centre-back partnership. Um, and for me, he's been at Burnley now for nearly 10 years, which is obviously very rare to see in football these days. You see a lot of lot of sort of clubs that get relegated from the Premier League, sack their manager straight away, get someone in, they have sort of two or three good games and then it falls to pieces. Um, in that time, there's only three teams that have actually been relegated and come back up 
So those are Norwich, who went down in 1314, promoted back in promoted back into it in 14-15 but then relegated again the following season Cardiff as well Cardiff as yeah, well exactly yeah. yes so um, Cardiff Newcastle um, Hull it actually, yeah, actually is so since Fergie well, retired in 2013 yeah, yeah. Um, so and all of those cases they got promoted then relegated straight away, straight away which yeah. is I mean it just highlights and you see how Cardiff are struggling to get back up Swansea are struggling to get back in, up into the, the Premier League it's so hard to get back in there and I think Sean Dyche has brought that stability to the club that no other manager could do in that time and I, I think, think I'd like to say three names okay I'd like to say Mauricio Pochettino yeah Jurgen Klopp okay and Eddie Howe I think Eddie Howe is sort of maybe the most comparable one there I think yeah um, that's the one that immediately yeah. came to yeah. mind yeah. Yeah. and then I sort of expanded by net and I was thinking well who's actually made a big difference to mm-hmm. the Premier League over the last five or was it seven years seven years now so yeah, I think those gone. three are very credible choices. Yeah. Um, I think it just comes down to, for me, the spending. I mean, Mauricio Pochettino obviously didn't get much at Spurs, but he did inherit a very, very good squad. Um, and even then, they didn't win any trophies, didn't... I mean, for me, they underachieved that Spurs team, in they, my opinion. They definitely underachieved. Um, yeah. Yeah, they should have really, arguably, won it the year that Leicester won it. Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, Jurgen Klopp, he had a you know, first few years in, at Liverpool wasn't great, but then he had the backing of £75 million for Van Dijk, £70 million for Alisson. You go through that team, there's a lot of players sort of in that £30 to £40 million bracket as well. Obviously, Mane, Salah, um, etc. So, I mean, he spent a lot of money to get Liverpool to where they are today. Um, and then Eddie Howe, I mean, he's worked miracles, I think. For me, he's second place on my list, um, just behind Dyche. I just think that one season of Burnley getting seventh place and Bournemouth have spent a lot more money than Burnley and currently, Bournemouth are in the bottom three this season, so they're sort of underachieving, I guess. I think the difference with, with Bournemouth, for me, I'm not too well-versed on on Burnley's rise, but Bournemouth coming straight up from mm. League Two. Yeah. I think with, yeah. within six or seven seasons mm-hmm. coming up from League Two, mm-hmm. all under Eddie Howe, yeah. I think that does... I mean, obviously, that wasn't all um, before, since Sir Alex has, has left, mm-hmm. but I think that does set him above Dyche for me. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, you know, in the Premier League, Dyche has probably been better, mm-hmm. but... To do that is that's no small feat, yeah. you know. That's that's, that's incredible, incredible yeah, it achievement. Is. It is, and I think Eddie Howe for me, as I said, is for me the second best in that time. Um, but I, I just think for me, Dice, everything, everything about him, I just love. Um, I'd have, I, I mentioned it a few months ago, and they think it's all over. I'd actually have him at United. You know, I'd happily see that that man at, at United. Um, yeah, for me, it just, it just comes down to spending. Honestly, Bournemouth have spent nearly double um, what Burnley have in the same period. Yeah. So, I mean, and. Bournemouth actually got a very, very strong squad if you look at it now compared to Burnley's, which isn't great at all. And yet they're only a point behind Arsenal this season, um, whereas Bournemouth are in big, big trouble. So, I mean, that, that's that's just my thoughts, boys. I don't know what I, you think. Hiring, you I, I, th- I think Eddie Howard's uh, style would suit United better than uh, than Sean Dyche. I think mm-hmm. I'd, he's been a brilliant manager for well, the last seven years mm-hmm. or since uh, Fergie's retired. I think, obviously, in terms of longevity, I think, obviously... I'm obviously going to say Pep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think his achievements with City uh, have been incredible. Um, I think for those seasons since he's been there, I'm always going to rate him higher. But obviously, he's not been there for as long. Uh, and he's had 600 million pounds. He's had much backing, <laughs> but obviously, again, with 
his style of play and having the bet it's, it's it's a different they're different completely different mm-hmm. managers yeah. uh peps when, with the best resources will be the best manager yeah uh Daesh with the more limited resources limited spending which is more typical than uh, mm-hmm. say peps position uh yeah he's done brilliantly i'd say i for- think my thing is i don't think Daesh should suit as many clubs as you think no i i i, 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 I think i think, I think pushing that a bit far doors. i think maybe yeah. he makes five or six premier league current oh. I think improved the attitude of players. I have no mm, doubt about that. Mm. But I don't think you can just chuck a manager in and it makes them better overnight. You know, I don't think that's how it mm. works. And I, plus, I don't think West Ham players would want his style of play. I think they'd want to be more attacking. And I think um, I, I don't think say Sean Dyche would suit a team like West Ham, for example. It's something that's been created over a period of ten years, really. Yeah. And the, that sort of defensive style, adopting the low block, and you know, surrendering possession. Mm. Uh, and, and it works. It's, it's amazing. It works for Burnley, and that, as you say, they finished seventh because of it. But yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a an easy fix for other Premier League teams. Yeah, and I think he's also, you know, he's managed to recruit the players that suit that style. You know, yeah. like yeah. he's always favoured big, tall, strong, like strikers and stuff. Like you know, the likes of Chris Wood. Mm. You, know, you can't see Aguero doing a Chris Chris Wood role, could you? Like, <laughs> like mm. he's just not. They're just not the same level. Obviously, he'd, he'd adapt. And I yeah. would say this. I'd say if you switched over Pep and Dyche, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Dyche would do better with City than 100%. Pep would do with Burnley 100%. comparatively. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. To be fair, um, but I, I, I just don't think he is. I think there are a few better. I think Eddie Howe I do rate above. Certainly mm. over that seven-year period, yeah. uh, which I'll judge based off. I think it'd be unfair for me to say. Um, Pep or even probably Klopp to be mm-hmm. fair Any closing thoughts then Dawes? Last I mean, chance to convince us? At the end of the day I mean it sounds like I'm not going to convince any of you but <laughs> I don't know I think yeah. for, <sighs> Rod's, Rod's considering it mate if you, if, you, if you put a few more words in Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly I honestly think that the net spend is just ridiculous Yeah that's a good point That's honestly for me outrageous In the modern era of football where teams are throwing money around like there's no tomorrow for a club like Burnley to achieve what they have realistically they should be sort of struggling in the championship that's where they should be as a club and yet they're fighting amongst the big boys in the in the Premier League you hate going to turf more I hate going to turf I hate watching United play Burnley anywhere because they always always put up a hell of a game and I just think Sean Dyche longevity of over seven years has been phenomenal um and I, I, honestly, I love the guy. Everything yeah. about him, you love. Honestly, everything about me love. So, what, what are your thoughts, Hiron? Are you? Are Sounds you, like you Malcolm's very involved with uh, with this one. I think it actually came. It came. <laughs> it's. I thought of it myself, and the more I thought about it, I was like, actually, yeah, this guy's actually been sensational. I think Eddie Howe for me is the only one who I could sort of compare. So, what's your verdict, Hiron? Uh, I unfortunately don't agree with uh-huh. you based. Uh, mainly on Eddie Howe um, or anything, but it's a very good argument. And over a seven-year period, um, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't be far off com- from converting me in terms of his achievements and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's quite. I think Eddie Howe would suit more clubs in the Premier League mm-hmm. than uh, than Sean Dyche, okay. and I I think Eddie Howe's still got a lot ahead for him in mm-hmm. his career, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Rod. I think he's convinced me. Yeah, there it is. Um, I think it's the net spend and really just his achievements with, you know, a club like Burnley. He's kept, he's made them sort of, you know, a fixture in the Prem. He's done it with very little. And yeah, you know, 
we, Arsenal as well, we don't like going to Turf Moor now. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mainly down to him. Mm. You know, and you look at their squad and there's not really, they don't have any stars in that squad. No, probably no. Nick, Nick Pope's probably their best player yeah. at the moment. <laughs> like, and yet he's made them a unit. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Howite. How, how I've got to yeah, say. Yeah. But, <laughs> the, when you, you made me think about it because I think the reason I was is that meteoric rise sort of through mm. the leagues which did actually come before mm-hmm. Fergie left United so I think based on that condition which was the condition you yeah, gave yeah, the I think you converted me mate I think oh, that's class. fair enough. Mm-hmm. I think it's a 2-1 win for you Doors I'll, I'll he's, he's, he's come back from, back from the yeah. dead I'm yeah. very happy with that very happy with that <laughs> good job mate cheers lad On to this week's Dorsey Challenge, obviously our weekly feature of uh, picking an 11 with some certain conditions. What's this week's challenge, Dawes? So this week is the best 11 of players who've been relegated from the Premier League, but you're only allowed one player from each of those relegated teams. Okay, interesting. So it's similar to the Pele one a few weeks ago as well, so if a player got relegated in 2002 and 2006, they counts for different ones, so you can have one from either, etc, um, etc. Et so yeah, we should go on, I think... Rod, should we go to this first with you this week? Yeah, go on, I'll start. So, in goal, I've got Lucas Fabianski, who got relegated with Swansea in 17-18. Yeah, yeah. Mids crying at the moment, remembering <laughs> it. Uh, you know, I'm a bit fond of the guy from his time at Arsenal, but, you know, he's been a very good keeper for Swansea and for West Ham since. Yeah, great keeper. Arsenal merchant, like. yeah. He was a good keeper in his Arsenal yeah, days, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. yeah Didn't very... get much of a look in your side, but... Uh, no, unfortunately, he was, he was very good as us, for mm-hmm. us as a backup keeper, you know, in the FA Cup and stuff. Mm. Uh, left back, I've gone for Graham Lasseuse of Southampton 0405. Interesting. I thought you'd be going for Stuart no. Pearce, mate. I've picked him twice, so you know, I thought I'd spice it up a little bit. <laughs> I've then gone for, as my centre back partnership, Lescott from Villa 1516. Yeah. You know, decent player. He was He's been around for a long time. And I went for a bit of a rogue one, Steve Howie from Man City <laughs> in 2000 and 2001. Based on the fact that he scored six goals from centre-back that season, which I think is just quite something, really, in a side that got relegated. I'm sure I remember that well, Hiron. I'm sure my dad does. Yeah. <laughs> a bit behind my time, that one. Yeah, and then I've gone for Gary Kelly from Leeds, 0304 <laughs> at right-back. You know, good player for them and for Northern Ireland. Oh, sorry, Ooh. Republic of Ireland. Ooh, controversial. I've then gone for sort of a midfield free of Shakiri from Stoke 17-18 top scorer for them you know no one liked having to play on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke and somehow got a transfer to Liverpool after yeah. that right. yeah fair play to him yeah he's done well and then another player that's then gone on to Liverpool was Gigi Wijnaldum yeah Gigi like, you sound like like Gigi you know he was top scorer for Newcastle in 15-16 mm. 11 goals from midfield yeah great player Incredible. that season I remember and then sort of Bring a little bit of defence to to it. Gareth Barry, who got relegated with, with West Brom in seventeen eighteen. Premier League stalwart, like yeah, you've got him in there. Yeah, you know he he'd been in the Prem for the rest of his career before then, and they sort of finally let it slip at the end. Yeah, how about um, that front three, Rod? Who've yeah, you got in that? So I've gone for a front three of Jermaine Defoe from Sunderland in sixteen seventeen, fifteen goals, solid player. More recent one. Mitrovic from mm. Fulham in eighteen nineteen. Yeah, that Fulham side. You looked at 
sort of the players they managed to sign, and you do wonder about how they went down. I still have no idea. They spent they, they spent like fifty million in this. More than that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they had hundred million. That's yeah. crazy. More than Dyche in seventy years. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Mitrovic now tearing up in the championship. Yeah, as well. he's doing well. And then Darren Bent, who got relegated <laughs> with Charlton in 06 07. And yeah, you know, another, again, shot. another high scorer. 15 goals that season. He always bad goals, isn't he? Ben? Class. Fair play. Yeah. yeah. Fun Fun team, who have you got? Yeah, I was, I was very impressed with that team, actually, Rod. I think I've only got one that overlaps with uh, with yours, which mm. we'll find out in a minute. But uh, first one I went for was uh, David James uh, with Portsmouth in 9 10. He got relegated, I think. Um, three times, wasn't it? Two or three times, yeah. yeah. So, um, but at that year, he um, went on to play at the World Cup for England, uh, oldest ever debutant for in the competition. Mm. Uh, so I thought he uh, deserved a place for my goalkeeper. Uh, had a very good career. Um, then left back gone for Ian Hart with Leeds in 0304. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good with um, set pieces um, and was quite important for Leeds' uh, attack. Unfortunately, it wasn't good enough for them that season, but um, <laughs> one of the players to go af- after that. Uh, Set the back partnership then. We've got Gareth Southgate uh, and Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire, I completely forgot about until yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not long before this. I was struggling with centre backs. Um, Surprising good for Richard Dunn, mate. Yeah, yeah Richard Dunn was very good. He'd be first name on, name on the team sheet, I thought, for you. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's very good, Richard Dunn. Um, but Gareth Southgate for his um, like sort of captaincy with Palace in mm. 94 95 uh, had it for me. And Maguire as well. I think, wait, did he win the League of Leicester? No, he didn't win the nah. league Leicester. He got um, they won. The hall, they got relegated over Hull, but then went on to Leicester and yeah. was a, a solid part of the Leicester team after that. Uh, so I think that was a good partnership for me. Mm-hmm. Glenn Johnson right back uh, <laughs> with the Hammers in 0203. Um, but that did earn him a move to Chelsea uh, that summer. So I thought, and obviously yeah. a successful career with Chelsea at that point on. Uh, so I thought that was well warranted. Mm-hmm. Uh, then my, I've gone for like a fourth. I love my four four two for my uh, for my Premier League. It, it just seems sounds like it's the most classic Premier League. Classic Premier yeah. League, yeah. Um, a little bit more attacking. I don't know how good the balance will be, oh, but God. Um, well, I'll start on the left mid, which um, matches what Rod said with Shakiri. Um, he was class for Stoke mm-hmm. um, and deserves to be in there for me. Right mid had gone uh, Aaron Moy with Huddersfield. Oh, yeah. 18, oh, I considered him. I yeah. did. Yeah. Um, he was very good for them. Very, very good talent. Uh, more known for playing in the centre, but was also very good in the wide as well and um, getting the balls in. He was very good. Uh, could get you a few goals when needed them as well. Uh, then we've got the partnership of two in there then. So I've got Scott Parker for mm. West Ham in 10-11. Uh, which was a Football Rights Association winner uh, that year as well mm-hmm, and was um, was class leader as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, got the team sorted out and they lost out on 42 points, which is very harsh. Um, That's one of the highest. One of the, down. Yeah, normally a, a good, a decent mid-table finish. So they get a 38-game season mm-hmm. that records yeah. 43 from memory. Mm-hmm. So. Something like that. Yeah. It's very, very good fin- Well, not a very good finish. Got relegated, <laughs> but they yeah. uh, did okay. Uh, a bit more of a rogue one. My, and my dad t- spoke about uh, him quite a lot of the time is uh, Georgie King Cladzy. Yeah, great. Uh, I, I was going to put him yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great impact for City. Um, a great dribbler. Brilliant, he, dribbler, yeah. uh, brilliant um, goal scorer as well in terms of some of the screamers he was able mm-hmm. to score. Uh, my dad 
rated um, King Gladzi as as one of the players. He was Aguero before Aguero. Right? Yeah, 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 he was. Um, he, he was one of the standout players for us. I mean, I think he got relegated with us twice, unfortunately. So he he, he took the double uh, double blow. But um, he did then get a move to Ajax after his second relegation, which were the uh, Dutch champions at that point. So he was top class. Um, and I think he had a nice bit of creativity in my midfield. Uh, going forward, then got two two out and out strikers here. And we've gone for Andrew Johnson, yeah. uh, Palace 04 and 05. 21 goals, yeah. missed out on the golden boot by uh, the famous Thierry Omri. Um, not bad to come second place, too. Not, yeah. not bad at all. And another Arsenal strike will be mentioned in a minute because we got Charlie Austin as well with QPR 14 mm. 15. And he actually scored 18 goals, which is more than Alexis Sanchez that season. So I thought. <laughs> I thought um, sad. I thought that was quite a good um, forward too as well. Both very strong, um, and I think uh, be quite meddling. I think for most uh, mm. most defenders in the league. It's interesting, Hiron. I've actually got three players the same as you, which I didn't expect, but uh, no, yeah. I've got some some similarities. I'm excited to hear your one mod. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go for it now. Gone, gone for a, a four-three-three formation to match uh, Rod there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. Well, I'll just want a little bit of trivia for you boys. I actually managed to include the joint highest, um, the player who's been relegated the joint most times, which is five times. And I'll let, I'll let you know when it when it comes to them. I want you to name the other player. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'll start off at the back, though. Uh, I went for Victor Valdez. <laughs> Obviously went down with Middlesbrough in 2017. Yeah. Um, oh, put, put a shift in at the back for them, yeah. obviously, as after an illustrious career. Um Left back, I have gone for Stuart Pierce. I don't know how Rod didn't have him in. Mm-hmm. Rod's a Pierce merchant. Went down with Forrest in '93. <laughs> they were actually the first team to be relegated from the Premier League. They were the first to go down wow. that year. Um, I've got a centre back partnership of David Weatherall and Herman Horiderson. Um, <laughs> you might remember David Weatherall scored the winner to keep Bradford up in 2000, beating Liverpool on the final day. Um, but he did go down with Bradford in 2001. He then played with Bradford throughout their demise, all the way down to the fourth tier in 2007. So a real Class, club stalwart. Herman Horiderson is my five times relegated player. Um, he went down with Palace, Wimbledon, Ipswich, Charlton and Portsmouth. Oh Any ideas on the other player, lads? The other player's gone down <laughs> five so times in the Premier League. No, ben rough. Foster's gone down a lot, hasn't he? See, I looked up Ben, I think he's only gone down three or four three, times. Yeah. Yeah. Five's pretty rough, isn't it? It's a real a lot. Someone like Yakubu, maybe? It is, it is a forward player. Hmm. Not Viduka. Like, Crouch has done, gone down a couple of times. Mm. There's actually Welsh international Nathan Blake. Really? Yeah. Went wow. down five times, I think mostly in the 90s, and then a couple in the early wow. 2000s. So <laughs> there's a bit of trivia for you, boys. Uh, right back, I've gone uh, Glenn Johnson. That's matching mm. Hiron. Uh, the other player I match Hiron with is Scott Parker in my centre mm. midfield. Yep. Um, both of those went down with West Ham in different years. Um, my other two midfielders, I got Muzzy Izzet, went down with Leicester in 04. <laughs> he actually had 14 assists that year, which wow. was the highest in the league. Uh, Ryan Giggs second to Muzzy Izzet that year. Um, <laughs> and he's alongside, an interesting choice, I think, was Charlie Adam, went down oh, with Blackpool yeah. in 2011. Mm. It's the kind of player you love to hate. You I know? couldn't have him last year. <laughs> I hate Charlie Adam. It, ev- everyone, everyone hates him, but he was a real talisman for, for mm. Blackpool and... Uh, it did earn him a move to Liverpool. Um, he characterised that Blackpool rise through the leagues, and he got he got 22 goal contributions in that season ah. in in the Premier League. 
They've got a front three, uh, Charlie Austin matching uh, Hiron's mm. choice alongside Carnu, who went down with West Brom in 2006. Yeah, Carnu, uh, what a player. Great player. Um, and then alongside him, I think probably one of the, the greatest strikers of the early Premier League years was Fabrizio Ravagnelli. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he went down with Borough in 97 and again with Derby in 2003. But his early days at Borough were really sensational, mm-hmm. you know, off the back of um, the World Cup there and, and coming into that side and really revolutionising the, the, the North East and how mm-hmm. they play football. Um, so I think he had to go in, in there for me. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my side, boys. Very good team, mate. Very, very good very team. Good team. Um, so I'll go through mine here. I've got Fabian seen goal, which mat- matches Rod. I mean, what a man. What a man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I agree with you there. Obviously, as a Swans fan, you must love him. But, yeah. um, right back, I've got Kieran Trippier for Burnley in 415. Oh, Earned to move to Spurs after that, yeah, obviously, yeah. which is, and ob- obviously, he had a brilliant World Cup in 2018 as well. So his career has obviously developed well. It's all been downhill since that free yeah. kick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the free kick, obviously, but. Um, and now he's at Atletico Madrid, obviously. So, yeah. you know, he's had a good career. Um, I said about partnership, it's quite interesting. So I've gone Phil Jagielka yeah, for Sheffield show. United in 2006 or 2007. Played that. every single game. So mm. obviously was the main man, the captain as well. And then I've gone for <laughs> Corker from Cardiff in 1340. Uh, That's an awful show. Just, just, just <laughs> main, mainly to annoy you, mate. I don't know what you're thinking there. I think the main thing for me is he scored the winner against Swans, obviously. He wasn't even good that season. He scored That's four goals, mate. He's his third top scorer. Yeah, but they, they were awful yeah, that year. For me, he stood out amongst an, a dreadful, dreadful yeah, bunch of players. I would, I would give you that. I would give you that. He did stand out because they were terrible that yeah. season. <laughs> I think arguably he paid better for us than he did for them. But Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm basing it just yeah. to annoy you, really. But. Not, not very happy, but <laughs> <laughs> you've got of course. to do it, mate. Left back. I've actually gone Dennis Irwin, who was in Wolves' 03 04 relegation. That's side, a great find, which that. Fair play. I couldn't believe it. Um, obviously, Irwin, United legend, of course, but. Four goals that season as well. Plenty of assists as well. Other left back for me, the best left back in Premier League history, apart from Ashley Cole, of course. But and then I've gone the classic four four two, like Hiron. Love it. My left mid is Trevor Sinclair from West Ham in yeah, 0203. Eight goals of that season um, mm. from out wide. And then on the right hand side, I've gone Jay Rodriguez from West Brom seventeen eighteen. Seven goals and four assists from the out wide. And I think the good thing about those two, they can switch switch sides whenever they want yeah, during the game. Yeah, so that. nice, nice bit of uh, depth there. And then in midfield, Wijnaldum to match Rod, obviously eleven goals, ph- phenomenal. And then I've gone Joe Allen from Stoke seventeen eighteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean the Welsh wizard. I mean, um, without him. I wouldn't know what life is really. He's an icon. Um, <laughs> what a player he is. Welsh Pirlo, exactly, mate. I mean, for me, Pirlo's the Italian uh, Alan. But, you know. Yeah. Um, mate, it's not about Modric. He's just a Croatian. Ex- yeah. <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. <laughs> and then up front, I've gone Andy Johnson. I mean, 21 goals, ridiculous. And then Yakubu. Mentioned him earlier. Yeah. Blackburn 11-12. <laughs> for me, one of the icons really of the Premier, of the League, Premier League era yeah. 18 goals in 32 games that season for Blackburn yeah exactly he loved Palo de Cano I'm surprised he didn't make it in there but I'm surprised he couldn't have in there no no yeah I mean Viduka's the other shout up front but yeah, he just he just missed out for me um, and then yeah, Roy Keane also could have had centre mid but I don't want to be too much of a Roy Keane merchant <laughs> um, too big, I think it's basically been every single team I've ever done yeah, surprise yeah, yeah Roger Stewart Pierce Smith yeah, Roy Keane mix, mix it up a bit I mean, twice out of four like, yeah. it's four or five maybe but <laughs> Yeah, mix it up. So yeah, that's my team. Fiddy's boys, yeah, very, very good teams yeah. there. Very good teams. This has probably been the week we've overlapped the least. I'd yeah, say. I was gonna say yeah. a lot, yeah. lot of variety, which is good to see. Lots of variety here. Some looking, good finds as well. Good finds. Yeah, looking forward to the Dorsey Challenge again next yeah, week, and of course. course the return of Start One, Bench One, Stealth, yeah. Sell One. Uh, I think we didn't really have time to get that in the show this week because bit of a bumper show. Lots yeah. of coronavirus news. 
Uh, well, we'll be back again next week. Make sure to follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. This has been They Think It's All Over, and it is now. <laughs>